Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. We welcome our youth class to remain in with us today. Thank you for being with us today. Amen. In the book of Luke, the 14th chapter, we find a story, an encounter that Jesus has. We find a similar story in Matthew 12. In Luke 14, it says, And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. Everybody say they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and he healed him and let him go. And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit? And will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. We know the answer to Jesus' question. We find it at a different setting when we read in Matthew 12, 9 through 14. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had a hand that was withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? They asked him this, that they might accuse him, the Bible says, right? So in one passage of Scripture, they're watching him to see what he's going to do. In another passage of Scripture, they're asking him to see what he is going to do about these two people that are in the presence of Jesus Christ who need a miracle healing in their life. And they asked him that they might accuse him. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into the pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? And how much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it restored as it was whole like as the other. And then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. Amen. They were trying to test Jesus. They were trying to put Jesus in a predicament. They thought that since they had the Mosaic law on their side and they thought since it was the Sabbath day that Jesus wouldn't do anything for these two people in his presence that needed a miracle. But instead, we see Jesus turn the tables on them. And Jesus begins to say things to them about what really matters in life and what has value. They thought they were setting him up, but a person with a sickness or a physical need or any need in front of Jesus uh, is a person that is ripe and ready for a miracle in their life. Uh, Anyone that is in the presence of the Almighty God can receive a miracle any time, any place, anywhere. Does anybody believe that in the house of the Lord tonight? What does this tell us about Jesus? It tells us his view of the miraculous. He is put into proximity of them. He is put into proximity of people with needs, and he heals both of them, knowing that the Pharisees would try to use it against them. 
but he wasn't looking to appease the Pharisees. He was moved by a need, and he was ready to do whatever needed to be done. Jesus is moved by needs. He responds to needs. He responds to hurting people. It is a lie of the devil that if you're hurting, uh, that God is far from you. It is a lie of the devil that if you have a sickness, that must mean that God doesn't love you. It's a lie of the devil that if you're battling something in your mind or in your marriage, that somehow God is not around you. I would tell you today that the opposite of that is absolutely true. That when there is a need, Jesus is always near. Where there is a sickness, Jesus is always near. Where there is a disease, Jesus is always near. Why? Because he thrives on it. Because he loves us that much because he's just looking for somebody to show a little faith so that he can come and do the miraculous. Tell your neighbor he wants to do the miraculous. He tells them when he uses his illustration to sport his actions, he says, which of you has a donkey or an ox, an ox fall into a pit on the Sabbath day and you don't pull it out? You just leave it in there? Is that what you do? Which one of you has a sheep fall into a pit on the Sabbath day and you don't reach down and grab it and lift it out of the pit? You just leave it there until the day is over. Jesus sees people that are trapped. He sees people that are in desperate situations and need help. He's not asking questions about their perceived value of the animals. He doesn't care if the animal is valuable to them or not. He doesn't care if the animal is a work animal or a pet animal or an animal that they're eventually just going to slay and eat. He doesn't care if the animal is old or young. He mentions donkeys, oxen, sheep. All of these animals served very different purposes in their lives. But the point that Jesus makes is very simple. That isn't his highest creation have great value if an ox has value, doesn't a human have value? If a sheep has value, if a donkey has value, doesn't a human being have enough value to pull them out of their darkness, even if it's on the Sabbath day? Doesn't a human being have enough purpose and value and life to get them out of the pit and not leave them stuck? Jesus was not arguing with them about which animals have value. He was making the point that if any animal has any value, then his highest Creation, humanity has great value. And if they may be stuck right now and they may be lost right now and they may be hurting right now, but they're valuable to Jesus. I need somebody to hear this preacher today. You are valuable to Jesus. You matter greatly to Jesus. Your life has tremendous purpose. You have tremendous purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Tremendous purpose. Jesus sees purpose and value in us today. He sees it enough to want to help us. And I, not, I need you to know that as hard as it may seem what you're going through, and as difficult as it may feel, and maybe there's even been doctors that told you they don't know what to do, it's not hard for Jesus. It's not hard for Jesus. 
You see, human beings sometimes make mistakes. We overlook things or we forget about things, don't we? Anybody ever done that? Man, you know, I, was, I was thinking today that, uh, that that's, a, that's a possibility and that, and that, that sometimes we can, we can fix that. It can be pretty easy. I'll you know, show you how easy it is. Anybody notice the difference between these two plants? I didn't plan this illustration. It just happened. This is a God illustration. This is what he wants you to look like. This is what he wants you to be. This is how he wants you to feel. This is what you're designed to be. This may be how you walked in here today. Now, I don't know much about plants. I'm not a green thumb. If you want somebody to kill it, give it to me in my house. But I think I can solve this problem pretty easy. It looks like I just need to do this. Wouldn't you think? I mean, there's no damage to it. There's no signs of destruction. Nobody intentionally hurt this thing. And there's still life there. So all I got to do is just give it a little bit of what it needs. Now, I'm not saying it's going to just jump up. That would be cool. The Lord wanted to do that right now. That would be neat. But it is. <laughs> We're talking about as high as creation. But you know, just as easy as it was for me to dump a little water into that plant, that's what God wants to do today. Let me tell you something about what you did. You made a tremendously powerful, correct decision today. And you may not feel like you did it. You may not even think you did it. You may not understand that you did it, but you did it. You got up today, and you went to the house of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You woke up, amen, and some of you may have woke up like this, and some of you may have woke up like that. But we're all here. And what that means is, whether we understood it or not, we positioned ourselves for the miraculous. We positioned ourselves for something powerful to happen in our lives today. We positioned ourselves for strength and health and hope and joy and healing. Oh, hallelujah. And freedom and deliverance to come pouring into our lives today. And it's not going to be hard for Jesus. I need you to get that into your head right now. It's not hard for him to do the miraculous. It's who he is. It's what he does. It's what he wants to do. I wish somebody would clap your hands like you believe that today. I wish somebody would shout unto God and say, I believe I'm in the right place for my miracle today. I believe I'm in the right place for God to do a work.
Lift your hands toward heaven and just ask the Lord right now. Just tell him, Lord, I'm here and I want you to help me. I'm ready for you to do a miracle in my life. Come on, somebody, just tell him, I believe that you're able to do it, God. I have faith that you're able to do it. Joshua. Joshua has been following Moses' leadership. And then Moses goes up onto the mountain to die. And Joshua is, is a powerful man. He's a warrior man. But he's never been the leader. Moses has been the leader. And so at like three or four times in a span of five verses, God has to tell Joshua, be strong and courageous. Joshua's a soldier. He's a warrior. He's fought a lot of battles. But he's never stepped into this role. He's had God is asking him to do something God's never asked him to do before. He's asked him to step in and step out. Oh, hallelujah. It's a difficult thing for anyone to step out. I understand that. I get that. When I say to you that at any point in this message, you could step out from where you are and come forward, I understand that the, the first reaction to that is, yeah, right. <laughs> I get that. But I also understand that something happens when God begins to move. And something happens when we begin to connect our spirit with his spirit. And we begin to connect our faith with his will. Something begins to happen and we begin to hear the voice of God say, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen next. I will be with you. Be strong and courageous. And Joshua steps into a role of leadership, and it's a powerful thing. And then we have, we, they get to the Jordan River, and it's flooded its banks, and they have to cross the river to step into their promise. And that may be how somebody feels today. You may feel like, sure, preacher, you told me I'm in the right place, but you don't see what I see. Yeah, I came today, but you don't know what I know. You don't know what I've been told. You don't know what's going on in my home. You don't know what the doctors have said. You don't know what I'm battling in secret. I may be in the right place, sure, but I've got a flooded river between me and my promise. I got an uncrossable. It's, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. And so there were some leaders that picked up the Ark of the Covenant, right? There were some leaders that pick up the Ark of the Covenant, the Bible said that God told Joshua, tell them to go and step their feet into the flooded river with that ark, which represents the power and the presence of God. And so they go and they step in, and the water stops flowing. It just stops, and all the rest of the water goes away. And now there's a dry path in front of them. But then he says, I want them to stand there with the ark, and before anybody else crosses over, I need 12 men to walk out there. And I want you to grab some stones, some large stones from the, 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 the bedrock, some, from the, the, the floor of this river. I want you to grab 12 large stones. And I want those 12 men to carry those 12 stones. And I want them to go on the other side. And we're going we're gonna to build a memorial. Oh, hallelujah. 
We're going to build a memorial. And I preached that a lot, and I've thought about that a lot over the years, and I've taught that a lot. But there's something that hit me recently about, I just, I just started thinking about those 12 stones that have just been submersed for all those years. Possibly from the moment God created them into existence. They've, they've been submersed. They've been covered over. They've been in the darkness of the depths. And that's just where they've been. That's where they've abided. That's where they've lived. That's all that they've ever known. That's just the darkness of the depths until God does a miracle. And when God does a miracle, suddenly they're exposed. And God says, don't leave them there. But there's more valuable place for them to be. I want you to pick them up. And I want you to take them over there. I want you to pile those 12 stones. One man from each tribe of Israel. Pile those 12 stones up. And those are going to be a memorial. Because there's going to come a day when your children are going to ask you, what meaneth these stones? And you're going to tell them the story about how God delivered you out of Egypt and you're going to tell them about crossing the Red Sea and you're going to tell them about how he provided water and manna in the wilderness and you're going to tell them how he conquered a lot of nations and you're going to tell them how he stopped the waters of the Jordan and how you moved into your promise and you stepped into a new life and you went into a place that you never thought was possible and I just feel it in my spirit today that there's some people that you feel like you've been the one submerged You've been the ones in the depths, in the darkness. Nobody sees you. Nobody knows you. Nobody's aware that you exist. But I'm telling you, there's a miracle about to come into your situation that's going to pull the water back and pull the curtain back. And God's going to bring you out. And he's going to set you up. And he's going to do something with your life that's going to speak to generations because we've got a miracle working God. Who thinks you're valuable. He believes in your value. He believes in your value. He believes in your purpose. And anything that's keeping you from your purpose, God is against it. You hear me? He's against it. Whatever's trying to hold you back. Whatever's trying to shut you down. Whatever's trying to break you, keep you in strong bondage, keep your mind in confusion, anything trying to keep you away from your purpose, God is against it. He's against it. And so he came today. Oh, hallelujah. Because he's here today right now to do a miracle in your life. I want you to just stand with me for a second. We're just kind of flowing in it now. We're just kind of flowing a little bit. I know that there are a lot of needs here today. The question is not, is there needs present? The question is, are we willing to admit that we have a need? Are we willing to step out? Nobody's going to hand you a microphone and make you give us the details of, of your struggle, of your battle, of your addiction, of your need, of your sickness. We don't need the details. 
He knows. He knows all of it. And if I could just get you to believe me just for a second, that the only one who really matters already knows. I can't heal you today. I can't deliver you today. Nobody around you can help you. Even if it's in the deepest, darkest thing that you don't think anybody else is aware of, guess what? The only one who matters already knows. And yet, he hasn't given up on us. He hasn't quit on us. He hasn't cast us aside. He hasn't said, I'm done with you. You say, well, preacher, you don't know how many times that I've, I've tried God. You don't know how many times, but then I went back and I failed again. And, and I don't blame God, but I blame myself. And, and I just, I just, it just seems kind of pointless. I'm here to tell you today that if you'll give it another chance, there can be a different outcome. If you'll give it another try, it can be different this time. I believe God is able to touch the heart, mind, body, and the soul. I believe he's able to help us now and help us when we walk out of these doors and help us when we go back to into our lives. I believe he's able to do the whole miracle, not a partial miracle, the whole thing. I believe God can do it all, but you got to give him a chance today. He's not going to force us, manipulate us, demand it of us, but he is asking us to have faith in him. If you're here today, and you need a physical healing in your body. I know this is a little bit different. That's all right, though, isn't it? I know it's a little bit different. I, I, could, I could pray. I got more stuff I could pray, but it just seems like I just feel like God's so ready. To be honest with you, I felt like God was ready from the first song we started singing today. I was, I was fully prepared to just let you guys flood the altar and let God take over. We didn't quite do it. But now here's our opportunity. God's ready. And it's going to be easy for him. But if you need a physical healing in your body, I would have you step out from where you are. My friend John, come on up here. John, John needs a miracle today. John needs a miracle. It's a, it's a life and death situation. He needs a miracle. Anyone else need a physical healing? Come on up. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Physical healing. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Come on up. Anybody else in a physical healing today? I'm not going to ask you what it is. Nobody's going to make you. You're not going to confess anything to me today. This is about you and God. This is about you and God, but I just need you to know He loves us so much. He's so ready. There's one major difference between all of us and this sad-looking plant up here today. That sad-looking plant is like us. It can't do anything about its situation. It needs help. But unlike us, that plant doesn't have a will. So when I went to pour water into it, it couldn't say, no, I'm all, I'm all right. No, really, I'm good. Don't you see the smile on my face? Don't I look good? 
no, sorry. <laughs> In the spirit, we don't all look that great. But this plant doesn't have a will, and so I was able to just pour some water on it, help it against its will. That's the major difference today. God's not going to do that. He is not going to force the miraculous into our lives. And what these people have just done has said, it's my will that God heal me today. I believe that God's going to heal me today. We're going to take our time, all right? So please, we didn't preach very long. We haven't done a whole lot. It's just, we've got time. But I want you to lift your hands all across the house today. Because after we're done praying for these, we're going to move. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.